sitting here in this room is a well. and welcome back to another episode of the Mystery Vault podcast. I'm your host, RJ McCready, and for this episode, we're going to be taking a look at the Bigfoot. That's it, guys. You all know it. We've all heard of Bigfoot. It's a global phenomenon, but um, as I said in the last couple of episodes, guys, I just thought I'd start a building block of the well-known mysteries, and then later on, I'll start digging out the unusual ones, and maybe a couple that you haven't heard of. But today let's talk about this global phenomenon and when I looked at this I actually thought um, in a funny sort of way I realised how much I didn't know about Bigfoot because it was the things like, uh, you know, when did we start talking about Bigfoot when I started to research it and when I looked at it, um, it wasn't until the 1950s uh, when this started to hit the, the media in a big way. And as I mentioned before, you know, in the media, they're, they're quite an important thing with the unexplained and, you know, the mystery world. Because if it wasn't for the media, um, we, we probably wouldn't have the fascination of these things. And the media have progressed it. So what I'm saying is, is that the fact that the Bigfoot hit headlines around about the 1950s, which I'll go into in a minute. But then after that, people started to look into it and start saying, well, okay, so you've got this this story that's hit the headlines, but have we heard of this before? And funny enough, yes, we have. It was only that, that you know, we had newspapers and videos and things like that to publish it. Um, but it wasn't necessarily the first account. Yes, it hit the media in a big way and everybody started talking about Bigfoot, but... Um, you start looking into the like the Native American Indians that were saying, well, we had like the wild men and you know the the stone giants, and then of course you had the word Sasquatch, um, which is what the um, Native American people call Bigfoot. And what's interesting is that well, I'll get into in a minute with the cases from the sort of 1950s onwards. People are trying to sort of investigate it. The media are scientists all trying to sort of work out, you know, is Bigfoot real? Whereas, in actual fact, one of the most important things here is to actually look at the early history to the, you know, Native American Indians to listen to their stories. And in actual fact, they've actually been talking about this for for many years. Um, like I say, about the, you know, the, the stone giants, the, the, the ape-like, um, creatures or they might even call them like mystical beings in the woods or ghosts or things like that um, so I think that's that's where you need to go back to to try and work out what's going on today and whether you actually sort of believe in this creature in the woods and it's not only in um, America it's also around the world globally um, I mean you've got the Yeti you've got the in, in the Himalayas you've got the um, Bungyip in Australia, you've got accounts in China, you've got, uh, there's a case that goes back to the medieval times in Europe of uh, the wild men, you know, (laughs) sounds funny, hairy guys in woods running around, I know that sounds kind of crazy, 
Um, but there was a case back in the early medieval times, so I think it was around about the 16th century, there were some German miners and they finished up for the day and they were walking through the woods and they came across some hairy creatures in the woods and that's all counted for back in those times. So this has been going on for quite a long time, uh, back in um, early folklore. And you can also look at things like um, like the Green Man, uh, which is represented in, in, in parts of England. Um, you also had like the old stories of like Beowulf, um, going back to the, I think it's around about the sort of 9th century um, of like the, I think it's a Viking story where they find the creature called Grendel, stuff like that, you can pull stuff like that out so that our ancestors were talking about things like this which is um, important to trying to work out this today but the other thing I was going to mention is what's different to well, what I think is different to folklore stories of the ancient times today and there's a bit of a difference is that in those times, sort of with folklore, people were saying, we're telling these stories to perhaps maybe, let's say for example, you know, don't, children don't go into the woods because the, 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 the wood spirit will get you. So the ancients were, were telling these stories to perhaps protect people um, or children from going into the woods and getting lost. But whereas today our fascination in modern times is actually thinking, you know, if there is the existence of a Bigfoot, that would be cool. So it's not about like trying to deter people from the woods. There is now people today going into the woods and trying to see if the Bigfoot exists for our satisfaction in some ways to think it, it would be cool if something like this would exist. So what I what I do find fascinating in the world of the you know, the unexplained and that is the the difference between ancient folklore and modern day. There's a difference. There's like a the ancients is kind of like the warning, and today we're just kind of going, yeah, let's go out there and find this. So there's a little bit of a difference which I just thought I'd bring up, which I kind of find fascinating in itself. So let's have a look at this case then. So Bigfoot is also known as the Sasquatch, as I just mentioned, and is sighted in the Northwest Pacific, uh, Canada, America. Um, it's an ape-like creature known to inhabit the forest of the mainly Oregon, which is now stated as like the Bigfoot County. There's been a number of sightings, say a number of five, about 3,000 in total video evidence, there's been footprints, there's been photos, um, but up until today this case still remains inconclusive by scientists and as I mentioned in the last episode with the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot is a cryptid, so just to explain that again it's basically like scientists saying that you know we're open to the fact that we find new creatures but in this case, with people who have come coming forward with sightings, video evidence saying, look, there's a seven foot tall ape, which we believe is called the Bigfoot. Um, but we don't have any more evidence to support that, i.e. Um, like a carcass. Um, or being able to physically take a scientist into the woods and then just say, look, there's Bigfoot over there walking around. So up until... Up until that happens, it's been classed as a cryptid. And a lot of the mainstream scientists have actually discounted this case as 
a combination of folklore, misidentification and hoaxes. And the common description for Bigfoot is a large muscular ape-like creature, roughly 7 foot tall. And uh, people have also mentioned that, you know, if they come into contact, they mentioned like a, a, a foul smelling odour. And the most famous thing here is obviously where the, you know, the creature gets his name from, is also leaving large footprints behind, claimed to be up to about 24 inches long. So let's have a look at one of the first cases. So having a look at this, uh, one of the first cases that I found was back in 1924. So it's called the Battle of Bigfoot on Mount St. Helens, American Northwest. So it was the summer of 1984 and you had a group of gold prospectors and they returned from the woods looking battered and dishevelled and a little bit glass-eyed and they went to the authorities and they claimed that they had been attacked by seven foot eight like creatures and the details of that were they were in their camp one night and they had some stone boulders thrown down onto their camp and they looked up and they could see these creatures which they described as seven foot tall hairy ape like creatures and this called sparked a media frenzy and this happened in um uh, the American Northwest, I think it was the state of Washington. And the the rangers went to go and visit the location. And they basically debunked the story. They said, no, this is a this is a false claim. Um, we don't believe in all this. You know, possibly they, they were drunk or something like that. They were seeing things and they possibly planted the boulders themselves. But then the news reporter, he found some large pr- footprints by the cabin. And this is where you got the the Bigfoot story now, where the, where the news report was there. He went back, he reported it, and he spoke to one of the rangers. Said, "So what about these footprints then?" And then the ranger came out and said, "Yeah, they they probably made them." You know, he put his fist into the ground and his foot. And he said, "Look, that's how that's how they made them." So he just totally debunked it. But this is what I was talking about with the the power media. It got written up. It got put into the papers, and. Um, it hit a worldwide frenzy of people believing that these ape-like creatures were in the woods and they've turned up. But then over the years there's been some apostle accounts that it's like the loggers have always said that they've had people trying to steal equipment and things like that so they've made up these stories of like ape-like creatures in the woods to try and deter people. So that kind of goes back to like the old folklore story that I said at the beginning you know where these creatures have been designed in a way to scare people so that's kind of where that falls into but then later on um, in 1983 I think this story did get debunked I think one of the one of the guys um, one of the loggers actually came out and said it was actually um, some youths who got drunk and they started throwing stones down onto the loggers and because it was dark the loggers thought they were seeing things so you can sort of see how that works but 1958 comes along, you've got loggers again from the Cascade Range and this time they also found footprints but these ones were released to the press and this one made an even bigger impact on the media because this is the first time that um, a case like this got regarded as a Bigfoot. This is where the Bigfoot name came from because of these footprints. And I guess you can say from 1958 onwards, and because of the, the media impact here, this is where the Bigfoot case started off. People started to believe in this. Um, people would go out looking for Bigfoot. There was an increase in sightings. 
You also had the word Sasquatch because again people were interested in this case were starting to look into sort of the, the mythology and the folklore of all this. And then 1967, two guys called Patterson and Gimli go out into the woods and they specifically go out looking for the big foot. They're armed up with rifles, they've got their horses and more importantly armed with a 35mm camera which then captures probably one of the most famous images in the mystery world and that is Sasquatch or Bigfoot on camera and this took place in Northern California in Bluff Creek on Friday the 20th of October 1967 and you had uh, Patterson Gimli riding upstream on the east bank of Bluff Creek and to their surprise I came across a seven foot tall ape like creature Patterson grabs his camera and he manages to get 59 seconds of footage before the creature then goes into the woods and disappears. They then try to track the creature um, by following it into the woods but then the creature then disappears into the forest and they're left with this 59 seconds of footage and also they also found some uh, footprints which they took plaster cast off. So now after this event um, and there's quite a lot of detail on this, quite a lot. Um, so I'm now going to, what I'll say is I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and round this up a little bit because I could probably go on for quite a long time to talk about this in, in, in a lot of depth. But what I will say is that rounding this story up, Patterson had the film developed and he went back to the authorities with his friend, Gimli and they're interviewed separately and so this is one of the first bits that I will talk about with this case is that both their accounts kind of had inconsistencies with with each other so this was how I looked at it doing some research it's like one of the flaws to their story but then someone came out and said well this kind of goes for them because if they intentionally both went out to try and put this thing as a, as, as a complete hoax, a complete fabrication, you know, put a guy in a suit, all this sort of stuff, then there's, both their stories would be straight. But the fact that both their stories isn't straight kind of makes it a little bit more believable in a funny sort of way because you imagine they're both witnessed this, they've both seen things in slightly different ways, they're probably excited, there's probably a bit of adrenaline and when they come to tell this story and I've said this before you you put two people in the same looking at one thing and then you take them away and you put them in two rooms there's a possibility that even though those two people both witnessed the same thing they'll probably tell different stories so I'll just I'm just going to say that's so how I look at that. And then Patterson comes back with a little bit of. I could imagine he felt a little bit disgruntled because he's come back and he's got this video evidence and he's had it developed and he's gone. Look, I've got I've got evidence here. For no, for then the scientists to actually kind of disclaim it straight away and say, yeah, we don't believe it. They pretty much debunked it, saying that you know we think we, you've made this up. And it's only until like later years where people have started to look at this case a little with a little bit more detail and kind of gone 
we can either we can't we can't prove it we can't disprove it and then the other important thing here back at that time and i think this is quite a vital thing is they actually got a special effects uh, a couple of special effects guys to have a look at this video or this footage and even they said you know for a couple of amateur guys to go out in the woods this let's look at this guy in the suit he's walking along in this like you know bigfoot that's pretty good you know they, they've even said themselves you know special effects guys have gone you know for a couple of amateur guys if we would find that hard to try and stage that with the, the equipment that we've got in that time and let's just skip forward now because I think this is important as well um, because there's this has been analysed and analysed and analysed by scientists. There's been lots of documentaries, TV shows. I've, I've seen them all like on, you know, the History Channel. Um, you know, it's a topic I'm really interested in. Um, scientists have concluded now, <clears throat> it, it's, it's not 100%, but they're, they're pretty much sure that this footage is real. Because what they've looked at here is they've they've taken measurements. They've I think they've reenacted it. They put it on computers and all this sort of stuff. And what they've looked at is for someone to actually be in a suit in that time in 1967 in the woods, seven foot eight inches tall, weighing at 700 pounds, which is roughly the the weight of a horse. And then what's interesting here is they looked at the arm length, so. The arms are about 42 inches long, which is about 12 inches longer than uh, a, a human. And I've even compared it, funny enough, and like I said, I've done a little bit of research here, is to the like Chewbacca from Star Wars, um, like the Peter Mayhew. They've even said, you know, I think he was seven foot tall. But this thing they're saying is seven foot eight inches tall, so you'd have to get someone. So for these two guys, these two... Um, you know, Patterson and Gimli to go into the woods. They're saying, okay, let's say it was a man in the suit, but A, it's a really good one, and B, that man in the suit would have to fit these dimensions. And this is after 40, 50 years of analysing this footage. That's, that's where scientists have ended up. They can't necessary I guess you can't prove it but you can't disprove it to try and disprove it is very difficult um, when you when you look at everything in in this case so um, possibly the best bit of evidence we got for Bigfoot and then on top of that in 1967 you've also got the media frenzy because you've even though you've got the authorities and the scientists and they're saying about this evidence you then give it to the public and of course, there's going to be a you know this large percentage of the public will, will come out and say, yeah, that's that's fake. Those two guys are going out there completely faked it, which I totally understand, totally get that. Um, but then you've also got that part, um, and there's a big part of me that's going to get, hey, you know what? That's pretty cool. That's some really good, you know, that's some really good footage. And there's a part of me that wants to believe that it is, but there's going to be a big part of the world that's going to say, yeah. Look, they've, they've captured Bigfoot on camera and it's pretty good. And I'll put this uh, footage in the same line as the surgeon's photo, as I mentioned in the last episode with the Loch Ness Monster, even though that was disproved as a hoax, but it's still a famous photograph. So, 
I mean, I still remember the days of picking up a, a coffee table book for mysteries and opening it up, and you go to Bigfoot and you'll see this picture. Um, so it is an iconic print, probably one of the biggest, you know, iconic photos in the mystery world. I don't think, to my knowledge, having you know done some research on this case, there's been anything that's topped this. Uh, this is kind of like the holy grail of Bigfoot. Now, yes, there are other um, video recordings, audios. Um, we've got an awful lot of documentaries right now. When you look out, you know, you know you've got um, the history. I think it's the history channels. Uh, is it finding Bigfoot? Um, people who have you know dedicated their life to go and go and find this um, ape-like creature in the woods. But the the problem you've got now. And the problem you've got now in the mystery world is you've got an awful lot of um, photoshopping, stuff like that. So I'm not saying what people have recorded isn't true, or isn't real evidence. The problem you've got now is a lot of people are going to say, well, more now than they probably would in 1967 with saying it was a guy in a suit to say, oh, you know, we've got CGI and photoshopping and things like that now. So in the mystery world, and I think that's quite an important thing to mention now as well is that that kind of gets into the way of what's real and what's not now with um, modern technology um, but then you know scientists are still you know they're looking at the calculations one scientist came out and said that he's he's sure that only we've only recorded 40 percent of uh, wildlife creatures insects stuff like that in the world He's thinking, you know, there's still another 60% out there for us to discover. Um, some, you know, ranchers, guys that spend times in the woods, they've been asked about, you know, how, how come we haven't found a carcass of a Bigfoot? And some people are actually coming out and saying, well, let's just compare it to like bears and deers and wildlife that we know that does exist. And what they're saying is, what's interesting is that it's not often that you, you come across a bear carcass or a deer carcass, just to say. Um, so why would we expect to come across a Bigfoot carcass? So that kind of, yeah, that's an interesting realm to look into, you know, when you're trying to investigate. Um, so there's a couple of cases, a couple of well-known cases. Um, obviously, you've got an awful lot of stuff in recent times but I'm not gonna we're not gonna go into that in too much detail. I think I've kind of covered the the, the basics of the Bigfoot case. Um and as I mentioned earlier you've also got um people call them the Bigfoot cousins like the Yeti and the Bungyip um and other cases from around the world. So I'm gonna put this card on the table. If someone asks me do I think Bigfoot is is real my answer to that is I'll give you a quick answer. I can't rule out that possibility. Um, there's big environments out there, you know, miles and miles of wilderness, forest, you know, in, in say in America, Northwest America. Is there something that we haven't discovered yet? Possibly. Um, the only way I can answer this is a bit like how I answered it in my last episode with the Loch Ness Monster, with the cedar can that was discovered back in the 1930s you know a prehistoric fish that they thought was extinct so when i think about bigfoot and someone says to me you know could, could it exist well you look at mountain gorillas they were only discovered in the early part of the 20th century 
We knew about um, low-level land gorillas, but not the mountain ones. So they've only, you know, come to our attention in the last hundred years. Also, the panda uh, in China um, that came up, that was discovered in 19, I think it's like 1936. Wasn't that long ago, so could there be a Bigfoot? Could be a little bit more elusive. It obviously is elusive, but could it just be like a, a nocturnal creature that you know only comes out at night in in the forests of North America? Um, like I say, it's a vast area. Possibly, I'm I'm going to say this is. I think Bigfoot is probably more plausible than say like the Loch Ness monster. So I think one day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> someone's going to turn up in their truck with a Bigfoot sat next to them possibly and talking about that um, let's look at the cultural impact this has had you know, it's a worldwide phenomenon um, it has it's fed into the sort of movie business as well because you know in the 80s you had the Bigfoot and the Hendersons which is a great movie you also had a film called The Legend of Boggy Creek, which was a bit like, um, uh, I suppose you could sort of compare it to like the Blair Witch Project, which came out, where people watched that at the time and it came out as a sort of found footage type documentary and people believed in it. Um, but as it turned out, it was actually just made by filmmakers. So this is this has come into like uh, pop culture. It's also gone into the... Sports world, I think uh, some teams have uh, the Sasquatch or the Bigfoot has some mascots. You've obviously got um, merchandise, you've got t-shirts, you've got signs up on, on the roads of the northwest saying watch out, the Sasquatch, uh, wood carvings. So it is, it is a phenomenal. Um, it's hit us in a big way in the, in the unexplained world. And is there anything wrong with that? I don't think so. I think we're having a bit of fun and it sort of takes us away from everyday life and as I said this is this is why I love the mystery world it just takes you away for a little bit um so who knows one day in the future like all these mysteries and might turn the TV on or you know look at the newspaper or or, or online now I've got to get <laughs> I've got to get to the times here someone might say I found Bigfoot but until then it will just remain a mystery and a good one and that so there you go guys I hope you enjoyed that episode like I say it's a bit of a roundup. I've just kind of um, you know skimmed across it a little bit but that just gives you some details about that case there and obviously there's a lot more online to have a look at so have a look at it especially the Patterson and Gimlin case so there you go guys so let me tell you what I'm doing next I've got um, I've actually got a listener request to do the Mary Celeste, a uh, ship where all the crew disappeared. So um, I'll be taking a look at that. So um, look out for the episode that'll be coming up soon. So once again, guys, hope you enjoyed that. A uh, little bit of um, admin. I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. So please go and check out all the other shows there, um, including my other show, Bite Size Cinema, where I do movie reviews. Uh, you can find the Mystery Vault podcast on several players online. You've got um, Spotify, iTunes, 
And if you put in the Mystery Vault podcast, um, you should be able to find a server where you can listen to it on there. I've also got a Facebook page, so I, um, that's where I'm most active. Uh, put any request on there, anything you want me to check out, or any comments or anything else. Uh, anything you want to talk about in the mystery and unexplained world. So there you go guys, Um, keep it spooky, keep it safe and I'll see you soon. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, the podcast by The Cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.